text for today is from the Old Testament lesson, the prophecy of Christ being born in the little town of Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, are too small to be included among the Judean cities, yet from you Israel's future ruler will come. Dear friends of Christ, have you ever thought about comparing God to Santa Claus? Well, there's no comparison, of course, because Santa Claus is not God. However, many people in the world treat God as if he were Santa Claus. Uh, You've heard the phrase, the big man upstairs. That's kind of an irreverent way to look at God. Uh, The big guy. The big guy up, up there, right? And such a view of God is like the big guy. You know, the big Santa Claus up north at the, you know, the pole, you know, where it snows. The big guy. And if you want something from the big guy, what do you do? You write him a letter. And you, you ask for, for, for something and then hope that he provides it. Well, for many who celebrate Christmas this season, they treat God as if he's the big guy, as if he's Santa Claus, the big man upstairs, that you go to when you have special needs. And just like you write Santa Claus a letter, you go to God whenever you have a problem and you say, Hey, big guy, you know, can you help us out? Can you throw us something down here? Uh, and then we believe that God, like Santa Claus, you know, rewards certain people if they're good and puts a, a, a lump of coal in their stocking if they're bad. Yeah. Not only do people get God wrong, people get Jesus wrong. And every Christmas at this time of year, and even at Easter, you'll see TV programs pop up that questions the integrity of the biblical account of his birth and of his resurrection. Is the virgin birth possible? Well, of course it's not possible, right? It's a virgin birth. Uh, are all the elements of the Christmas story true? Uh, could a star actually lead the wise men to the manger? Tune in and find out how this is impossible. And of course, we watch these things and, and uh, they, they cause you to doubt God's word and to question whether God's word is integrity. It's the world who treats God like Santa Claus, the big man upstairs who doesn't quite get everything right and can't really figure everything out. He's just a big guy. Well, how different Christmas and Advent, the season of Advent and Christmas is for you. Because as you, as a believer in Christ, you see things completely differently and you prepare your heart to receive this King of Kings and this Lord of Lords. You come here to worship Him. And you woke up early this morning to come and to sing your praises, to celebrate uh, the coming birth of Jesus, your Savior, Uh, God's Son from all eternity. And of course, you understand the ancient prophecies that that foretold the coming of this child, his virgin birth, in Bethlehem. And you believe what what the shepherds said, For unto you is born in this day the city of David, a Savior, the one who will save people from all their sins. He is Christ the Messiah, promised of old, the Lord. And that's why you've come to worship. That's why you're here during Advent and Christmas season. The height of this season culminates in uh, our singing of the Christmas carols, in our gathering for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to relive the Christmas miracle and to hear the spoken promise. And as we enter into this last week, just before Christmas comes, we join the shepherds in the little town of Bethlehem. 
Let us go over, as the shepherd said, to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened. So once again, we make our annual trek. We do it every year to Bethlehem. And we hear the words of Micah the prophet, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, you are but a small Judean village, and yet you will be the birthplace of my king, who is alive from everlasting ages past. Bethlehem has a name. It means house of bread. House of bread. Bethlehem is the birthplace of God. God in Jesus who called himself house of bread. He called himself the bread of life. So the bread of life comes from the house of bread. And of course, Ephrathah means fruitful. So the bread of life comes a house of bread because Bethlehem is a fruitful place where salvation flows from. A small little village in the middle of nowhere gave birth to a Savior. And so our, we consider our theme, God chooses humble things to save his people. Um, God's Old Testament, in, in, in the Old Testament, the people understood the humble nature of Bethlehem. It was just a little village. But they also knew that that town had a great uh, history. It was the birthplace of Israel's greatest king. That's where King David came from. As a little boy, King David wandered in the hills of Bethlehem, being a shepherd. What are the chances a shepherd can be a king? What are the chances a shepherd boy can become royalty? It doesn't happen to shepherd boys, but it did to this shepherd boy. They even called David the shepherd king, the greatest king Israel ever had. An ancient prophecy said another king is coming who will be born in Bethlehem. He also will be a shepherd, but he'll be the greater shepherd than his, than his ancestor King David. He'll be the greater king than his ancestor King David. And he, he will be the shepherd king, the good shepherd and the king of kings. And of course, that's what Jesus was. He's ruling today in, in all authority and for eternity. And Jesus is seated at the right hand, the Bible says, uh, at the power of God yeah, for all eternity. Ancient prophecy is fulfilled. And the coming of Bethlehem's second shepherd king has come. Bethlehem, just a humble village. There's, all, there's an important lesson, though, to be learned here. God chooses humble things to save his people. God chose a lowly shepherd boy to slay the ten-foot-tall giant Goliath. And there David stood with a slingshot and, and a few smooth stones, and he felled that giant. Goliath died, King David won. God chooses humble things to save his people. Think about Jesus' mother, the Virgin Mary. She was just a, a small little young teenage girl. Mary, there was nothing special about her except for the fact that God chose her, had chosen her to give birth to his son, Jesus, to God, the Savior of the world. Pretty high honor. In our gospel lesson, we hear Jesus' song, a humble song. 
My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. God chooses humble things to save his people. Mary's unique child was wrapped in swaddling cloths. There was no crib for his bed, no manger. And yet this child became Israel's greatest king, the world's greatest king. This little child, uh, born under the humblest of circumstances and the humblest of, of, of uh, situations, was no ordinary child. The prophet Micah tells us that Jesus' origins are from of old. Jesus' origins are from ancient times. This child that was born existed before he came. That's not normal. This child is the one of whom John spoke. And, 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 and gives. Uh, in, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Isaiah himself gave Jesus this name, Everlasting Father, Everlasting God. And then, of course, in the Nicene Creed we confess that Jesus Christ is true God, begotten of the Father before all eternity, also, true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. And so God chooses Jesus to come to earth. And Jesus lived in humble form. Isaiah describes the humbleness, the humble appearance of Jesus this way. He had no form, no body, or majesty that we should look at him. Jesus had no beauty that we should desire him. Now he was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and is one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. So Jesus came humbly, born in a manger, in a feeding trough, dying on a cross, on an instrument of torture, and, and, and that was a place where our sins would be paid for. God chooses humble things. To save his people. Even in the church we find humble things that have great power. Humble things that deliver God. For example, the waters of holy baptism. And little Collins was brought to that today. And, and it, very humble. Plain old ordinary water. But you take God's word. You attach it to the water. And it washes away sin. And it creates faith where there once was unbelief. Simple water. Open up God's Word. Open up God's Bible. Those humble words look like plain, ordinary words, but they're not. They're the power of God unto salvation for he who believes. And again, on the altar right here, the humble elements of bread and wine, humble water, humble words, humble bread and wine, but in, with, and under that, that bread and wine, are the body and blood of Jesus given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Because in the humble means, God saves His people. And so, God even uses humble people, like the shepherds, to spread His news. Humble people, like you, and humble people like me. There's nothing special about me as a pastor in Spencer, Iowa. But he uses humble people to proclaim. 
to tell others about Jesus, about the good news of the birth of Jesus to our world. And it really doesn't make much sense (laughs) that he'd use people like you and me. Which is why Paul wrote, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know, Christmas really is kind of a tough time. It's a time when people are lonely. More profoundly lonely than at others. If you've lost a loved one during this time, the grief is more profound than at other times. We're suffering as a nation. Our people are struggling. They're feeling empty. There's a hopelessness. There are acts of senseless violence out there. Senseless acts of violence. Anger and hostility abound. We see sickness and despair. We see darkness and, and, and suffering. And we desperately need a light. We definitely need this infant child of Mary. And we desperately need Jesus to come bring light into our dark hearts. If he doesn't, we die. If Jesus doesn't come in a humble way to live in your heart, you die. For all eternity, not just now. You think the world is filled with despair now? (laughs) You just, for those who don't have Christ, wait. Nothing is compared to the hopeless despair of eternal darkness, the hopeless despair of eternal suffering, the hopeless despair of eternal pain and eternal death. And all the world needs to know. And we have the message. God chooses the humble people to bring salvation to the world. And this little child, this humble child in Mary's womb, it's my only hope. That little baby's my only hope. Without him, I would never know the everlasting love of my Heavenly Father. This humble child in Bethlehem, this good shepherd, this king of kings, has come to shepherd his sheep, to lead us to everlasting waters, as the ancient prophecy of Micah foretold. Micah says it this way, The child will become the shepherd of his flock. And this child, Jesus, will lead them with the strength of the Lord, with the majestic name of the Lord as God. And his people will live in safety because of his greatness. His greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and it has. This man will be their peace. Did you, did you hear what he said here? He says that Jesus, this humble man, will lead us with the strength of the Lord. Our good shepherd will lead us to the greenest of pastures. Our good shepherd will lead us to the richest of grasses. This good shepherd, Jesus, will lead us to living waters. He will protect us through the dangers of this day and through the silent hours of this night. The good shepherd will lead us to the valley of the shadow of death so that I fear no evil. Are you impressed with this humble baby? Impressed with this humble child? Impressed that he was born in a humble manger by a humble virgin mother in a humble stable in a humble feeding trough in the humble prophetic town of Bethlehem? You should be. 
because God chooses humble things to save his people. You know, we don't always feel safe. It's a dangerous world. You lock your houses to protect your stuff, to keep us safe. We secure our cars. We protect our internet things with passwords from internet thieves. We live in an uncertain world where a tornado can take away everything we own in a split second. No, we're not safe. We're not always safe. But know this, Jesus came to save his people. You live in the safety of the loving arms of your heavenly Father. And you dwell in the presence of his forgiving love and you stand in his promise. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we join the believers around the world as Christmas nears. We join the shepherd uh, and the shepherds in Bethlehem. And we stand in awe of the huge blessing that we have in Christ Jesus who comes to us in a little manger, in a little stable, in the little town of Bethlehem. Why? Because God chooses humble things to save his people. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting.